right, let's jump right into things here on episode 51 of the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast. We are knee-deep into the fantasy season. The calendar has hit October, and we are going to start talking week five. I'm Dan Claskins along my side, James Adams, as always. And James, uh, we are moving right along, my friend. I can't believe that it's already October. It is my favorite month of the year, though, I got to admit. The, the mm-hmm. trees changing colors, things are going on, but... It's definitely, I know we talked about a couple weeks ago, 0-2, you're not really sweating. Now, now you got some 0-4 teams. I don't have any 0-4 teams, thankfully, but there are some. I do have some 1-3 teams, but my point is, is it's getting desperation time for some. For others, they're riding that wave, and now we're getting a slew of injuries. The bye weeks are looming. I don't know, man. Uh, at, at the end of the day, I think it's getting to be do or die time in some cases. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, at this point, look, I know the fantasy season is a week longer. I know the NFL season is a week longer. This used to be the quarter poll, uh, and it still is, more or less. I mean, if you heck, if you want to use our Bengals for an example last year, they sat everybody in week 17, yeah. or week 18, their week 17, because of making it. So it still is kind of that quarter poll. I, I mean, I will, in high I will stakes say leagues, the quarter hell- poll is not quite accurate, because technically, oh, in horse racing, a quarter poll is when there's a quarter of the race left. I feel like you've given me that uh, before. And I've I said it like to you like seven times. But, you know, it'd be like you saying some golf stuff to me and, and me continuing to wonder what a mulligan is and misusing it. That's fair. That's fair. So we're at the three-quarter poll at this point. <laughs> we're in just season? four weeks in. It's the first quarter report. However you want to hand it. But, 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 but that being, I mean, look, we know. So our fantasy seasons end quicker than the NFL season, at least the regular season. Some of these uh, main event type leagues, their main of their their seasons end even sooner than that, where we're a third of the way through the season, or even more than that. So, is it time to panic? Um, it is time to, as every week, I'll say, take each team case by case. But it, if it is time to panic, go ahead and panic. Well, and you just got to go with the punches, man. I mean, sometimes it gets laughable. Every year I play you know, what, double-digit teams, whatever. This year I actually trimmed it down to nine season longs. And uh, it's still amazing to see, like, at least one of those teams every year has all the worst luck. Like, <laughs> one of my – I mean, some, I lost Devontae Williams in three of those nine teams. But one of those leagues, it's like the third injury I've already had. You know what I'm saying? It's like – uh, sometimes oh, yeah. the luck's not with you, but hey, it's a grind. You just keep grinding. You keep setting your lineup. You keep doing waiver wires. You don't want to panic into making super trades. It's one thing dealing with an injury. It's the other guys that are like underperforming, the Kyle Pitts of the world, and some of these players that are you know with high pedigree coming into fantasy football right now and just haven't delivered. James, I don't care where you stand on the player. There's no benefit to you to sell too low, too. So you got to be careful not to panic too much. That's very true. That's very true. Um, and when I say it's time to panic, I mean it's just it's time to understand that your back is against the wall, and you know you have very little room to move except for up if you want to be continuing to be in the fantasy conversation in December. I will say this though, Dan. I go back to uh, I forget it was a it was a host league a couple of years ago, and again uh, each league is different. This was a six teams make the playoffs league. But I started off maybe one and five. I went on a run and never lost again, and I won the championship that year. So it also doesn't mean that it's over. It simply means if it's time to panic, look you know, look at your team and be honest with yourself and go, this isn't working. I've got to do something else, or I'm being unlucky and being outscored, but this is kind of working, and I can somewhat stay the course. Yeah, totally, uh, totally good on that. Let's get into uh, just some of the housekeeping stuff here. First of all, if you're new to the podcast, 
welcome. We are so glad you've joined us. And if you want to keep listening, we offer you to subscribe wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, to name a few, insiderfootball.com. That's our website. It's where you can get all the tools to win during your draft season and during the regular season as well, including our lineup optimizers and everything else. And definitely that's where you can get the podcast anytime. And uh, James and I, we drop it on Tuesdays, usually each week when the schedule permits. And of course, we catch you on Saturday mornings over on Sirius XM as well. Follow us on Twitter at Dan Claskins, at James Adams 94 at Fantastics. And James, let's jump right into the week that was in week four here. Uh, a brutal week. For Javante Williams owners, we saw Court mm-hmm. Darrell Patterson suffer a big injury here. John, uh, Jonathan Taylor looking like he's going to miss some time. So uh, just a couple weeks ago, we were talking about these disappointing early round performers. And I said, well, these aren't any real key injuries yet. Well, they're starting to pop up here. And uh, with new injuries also come potentially some new opportunities. So I think as we get to the waiver wire, you know, there are some players out there, but we do want to temper our expectations and all of all of it because, uh, you know, there's just really no replacing some. I mean, if, mm-hmm. Naheem Hines, I mean, he could be a nice waiver wire pickup for uh, in the short term with Jonathan Taylor out, but he's never going to be what Jonathan Taylor was, right? Very rarely does it transfer over uh, regardless. I mean, yeah, it used to be the Kansas City Chiefs running backs, the Denver Broncos running backs, you know, way back in the day. You're good to go. But uh, – I don't know. I think there could be some overbidding when we get to the waiver wire part. But let's talk about the injury and let's start with the biggest one, Javante Williams. I mean, we know how high I was on him. I know really a lot of people were, but in his aftermath, Melvin Gordon getting in there. I think the most frustrating part, dude, is Gordon got into the doghouse and then like two minutes later, Javante, before he's fully unleashed, gets hurt. Yeah. And look, this is going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. Um, waiver wire, who knows? Melvin Gordon, probably not available in most leagues. Heck, I'm not even sure if Melvin Gordon is going to end up being the most productive back in Denver. I'm not sure if there's going to be one. Denver lost a few linemen in that game, too, and I haven't really looked at the entire uh, updates on all that uh, as of yet on the linemen, but, I mean, the team's been sucking. I mean, correct, Melvin Gordon, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that his value doesn't go up. I'd be stupid not to, but it's like... Yeah, no. Am I getting that excited about anybody in that offense? It's not really. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's. I mean, some reason for excitement. I, Mike Boone. I hear him getting talked up, and you know, we we've been talking about him for a while, and he could do something. But it's like, dude, he's RB two on a team that hasn't been producing anything. As much as I love Javante Williams, the reality of it, James, is what production am I really missing? He hasn't done anything yet this season. <laughs> He's been okay. I mean, he's been better than some, so it's the upside. And I'm not I mean, I'm not trying to be but it's like I don't know. It's like I ain't spending a lot of money on Mike Boone, but Melvin Gordon, sure, I mean, his value is gonna go up, but he's still got a low ceiling in my eyes in this offense. It's been pretty disappointing. Mm-hmm. And the offense has been poor. I think this just hurts the offense more than it elevates any player as far as a um a fantasy waiver wire pick. I'm not so sure that look. This Thursday, if you're desperate, I guess you turn to Melvin Gordon because he's been there. He's the guy that knows the offense, but I'm not expecting a ton. This, this Between that injury and you mentioned slightly about Jonathan Taylor and the Naheem Hines situation, I'm not so sure that this Thursday doesn't stack up to start the weekly, oh my goodness, this Thursday football is going to be awful. Yeah. I'm with you on that, James. Uh, let's talk about some of these other injuries on the other side of that Thursday game. You talk about Jonathan Taylor. We mentioned him. It is... 
looking more and more like it's a high ankle sprain. And, uh, you know, we're going to be tracking that. Naheem Hines would be the guy up with the uptick and carries there. The other situation uh, in terms of injuries, J.K. Dobbins uh, back, but uh, Justice Hill, just when he gets a little bit of relevance, this hamstring injury there, not really a big deal. But Dobbins, in his part, looked pretty good. Scored two touchdowns in that game. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and rubber stamp him. Okay, sticking back in the lineup for now. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying he's RB1 guy, but he's certainly a starter in season long. And then uh, Saints running back, Alvin Kamara. Hey, we know why we hate those Thursday games. <laughs> Same reason we hate these Sunday morning games? Or that's what I mean. The Sunday morning. That's totally what I meant. The uh, London games. Uh, everybody. My body clock was still on Thursday when I had to set an alarm to get up for. Because, mind you, I was at a soccer game, which I hopefully watched the home team from Cincinnati clinch on Saturday night. So I had to set an alarm, do some housekeeping, and then I fell right back asleep. I didn't even watch the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was brutal. And I saw some people on Twitter like, oh, the commissioner should fix it. Uh, no, Absolutely not. No you way. You can't do that. No and way. Even suggested. I mean, it just shows how silly you are. But uh, at the end of the day, those are the key injuries at running backs. We saw Traylon Burks go down. He was on crutches uh, with the boot on after the game. Looks like he's dealing with turf toe. The Bills dealing with some injuries at receiver Crowder, a significant ankle injury. We know Isaiah McKenzie's in concussion protocol. We saw Jahan Dotson leave the commander's game with the hamstring injuries. So all situations will monitor there throughout the week. But uh, really, I mean, in terms of the injury front, most of it where was at running back, which takes us into the waiver wire, James. And let's start at the running back position. I mean, we talked a little bit, teased it up with Mike Boone. We talked about Cordero Patterson at the top and his injury. So Tyler Algier is out there. Obviously, Naheem Hines is a name we mentioned as a potential replacement. Looking at those guys and maybe others at running back, where are you prioritizing things if you had one of your studs go down? You know, it's like I want to say that Tyler Algier is the guy, but then you look at the schedule. So if Patterson were to be out for significant time beyond that four-week stretch, well, we then I know. think it's Let's him. be clear. You keep Correct. We don't know. Tossed around. And the only reason that's tossed around is because he's been placed that's on IR. That's the minimum. So that's the minimum. at least four weeks. So the, the the upcoming schedule is not good, but it that it gets better after the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I think it's Tyler Algier. I mean, that. let's be honest, that Atlanta offense has been moving the football much better than I think anyone really would have expected, especially yeah, like, without... Hey, James, just like I said, the Falcons and the Seahawks are the two sleeper offenses in the NFC this year. Wasn't, <laughs> just, wasn't I saying that back in Just August? like you oh, said. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> just like you said, yeah. I didn't yeah. bet it either. Well, you know, I bet uh, I bet opposite of those things, and they're both not going to come to fruition. But I would think that's where you start at for me. Um, I mean, if Dobbins were available, I think, you know, he shouldn't be. And that goes same to the same thing with Brian Robinson, who we've talked about for a stretch that he's been activated, not going to play necessarily in week five. Could, you know, you're keeping your eye on names like that, guys that have maybe um, were drafted and, and let to the wayside. But mm-hmm. I don't really think, uh, I mean, I still don't think there's a ton of opportunity stepping up. Because, again, it's like Gordon's already owned. And, honestly, I've got Tyler Algier. I drafted him pretty much any time I drafted Patterson to have the combo together. So I'm not sure how available they are either. Boone, I think Boone is interesting. But, again, it's a two-back – it's going to be a backfield headache. Now you got somebody on the backside of an offense that's not good and is is maybe as as intriguing as Boone might be. He's not Javante Williams. Correct. It's going to – 
in, I was going to say, in Atlanta, like maybe it's Huntley as the guy you're going is after. Is he worth picking up? Perhaps. But in the big group of the guy we're, we're talking about, he's definitely at the bottom. And it's not even close. Yeah. I'd rather have Hines. Yeah, if Naheem Hines is available, um, especially because he could, you know, we, we we think he could be involved in the pass game. Right now, Paris Campbell yeah. stays healthy. Alec Pierce on the field. I don't know. I'll tell you who, if he's somehow out there, I picked him up in a couple spots late last week before this week's games. Rashad White being dumped out there. Isaiah Bacheco in some shower leagues maybe have cut. These rookies starting to get some chances as well. And I think really those guys, if th- those were dropped, it's a mistake. And then, of course, you got Brian Robinson guy coming back. Yeah. Uh, Raheem Mostert, I don't. I mean, in shallower spots, he could still be out there. He he topped the list of all these guys based off what we saw with our own eyes on Thursday night. That he is the guy of the two. I think you need to own right now in Miami. I would agree with that too. And to to uh, back up your Pacheco point, I've got to say that it seems like he is the two ahead of McKinnon, a guy who I tried to will into that role. Fortunately, my draft selections were later in drafts, but it does seem like Pacheco is the guy that would be the the bulldog if uh, if if Edward Solaire were to go down. Yeah, last week Romeo Dobbs, the big name at receiver, if he was somehow left off, he, he only want to pick him up again now. 16 targets over the last two games becoming the clear go-to guy for Aaron Rodgers. James, the receiver we haven't talked about a lot, but he's not available in many of the leagues I'm in. I don't think he's available in any of my season longs to be honest. Uh I have him in a couple of them, though, and I wish I had him in some more. But George Pickens, this is a guy that I really feel like with Kenny Pickett taking over a quarterback, he is an intriguing name that's probably out there in a lot of leagues. The schedule is tough for Pittsburgh, especially over the next month. But Mm -hmm. down the stretch, this guy could end up being one of these league-winning type of picks if things break right for him in Pittsburgh. If you're talking about waiver wire guys out there now, after those two, though, and they're not available in many leagues, what else is attracting you on the wire here at the receiver's position heading into this week's run? Michael Gallup, I mean, he returned and he scored. Uh, Noah Brown may still be the guy ahead of him in the short term, but I think in the long term, Michael Gallup supplants him. Obviously, C.D. Lamb looked pretty good here the last couple of weeks. Um, so I don't know if Gallup immediately gets thrust into it. you got to start him role, but he's got to be on your radar. And Dan, I keep looking at the Jets and Zach Wilson. I wasn't sure who he would favor. He favored Corey Davis. He threw the ball to Corey Davis last year, too, while he was healthy, before he got hurt. Corey Davis has got to be on the radar. I've actually picked him up in one of our KFFSC leagues a couple weeks ago um, just because I wasn't so sure. You know, Mims, I guess, is just, you know, adios. Um, and I wasn't sure between Moore, Wilson, if they would both be superior plays. Corey Davis, a, few, a, a former first-round pick who we've seen flash before, was okay last year, and he's he was good against Sunday in a game that was tightly contested. Yeah, no doubt about it. So those are some names to consider. I picked up Josh Reynolds, James, when all the Lions started being ruled out, and I plugged him in actually in our Do Good Fantasy Serious XM Listener League. I, I used him in some DFS, and as long as they're banged up, I think he's relative in that offense for sure. Every Lion is a good streamer if their person in front of them is not in play. Their defense is so bad. Here's the deal. As a guy who has Amon Ross St. Brown in a lot of leagues, I think that Josh Reynolds is probably a player I should go and try to uh, attach to the hip of him. Yeah, in case handcuff he's not... your wide out. Yes, I think Josh Reynolds looks well, like a Well, DJ Shark handcuff. was out last week. Amon Ross St. Correct. Brown was out last week. Swift was out last week. Those guys come back. I Reynolds mean... played two weeks ago, and he was he had, what, six targets or six well, catches a week ago? I mean, ago? it depends on your roster size, right? I mean... Correct. It always, it always does, sure. 
Uh, Corey Davis, you mentioned the Jets. I mean, a guy that just people want to write off, but somehow he keeps being involved. I, Alec Pierce, there's another name. I was watching a little bit too much of that Colts game that I was carrying to uh, on Sunday, and I actually watched him make a real big play. I was like, oh, maybe there's something left to him, especially if they uh, this Colts D is as bad as I think. Khalil Shakur, another one of my uh, rookie dynasty sleepers. We talked about those Buffalo receiver injuries. So I don't know. I mean, that's sort of deeper down the radar, but uh, a guy I have my eyes on there, James. Anything at quarterback or tight end outside? Well, I guess quarterback with Kenny Pickett's takeover is interesting. Maybe we start there. And let's not con- let's remember last time we did this podcast, Tua Tonga Vilo was still the starter for Miami. Yeah, um, we kind of let that one go by the wayside. But Teddy Bridgewater is going to start in week two or week two, excuse me, in week five as Tua has already been ruled out. He looks very competent. So I think yeah, there. I mean, look, if oh, you're in a Gino super flex, Smith. Gino Smith is where the quarterback. I started him in my lone draft kicks. <laughs> DraftKings lineup, I swear to you, I 6 x I started him just because I, a, I thought the Lions defense stinks. He, he was a casher in my DK. And James, I picked him up in the Fantastics uh, staff league and played him against you in the team quarterback Seattle there. But, uh, you know, we all wrote him off, and he didn't write back, James. And He, uh, did, he didn't. As goofy as that line was, he's looked pretty good. Now let's temper all expectations, just like I know Rashad Penny, not a waiver wire guy, but let's temper all expectations if from If you Seattle need a quarterback Seahawks. now, it's Geno Smith. If you want a quarterback for down the road this season, I think it's Kenny Pickett. That's the QB waiver wire priority for me. If you want one for this week, it's Teddy Bridgewater. Interesting. I uh, like Teddy Bridgewater better than Geno Smith. I always have. I like Zach Wilson better than all of them if he's still out there for that. The matter. way he played in week one, yeah, if he's still out there, I agree with you there. And, you know, I mean, keep in mind, like Daniel Jones, he's banged up. Um, he may not go. I'm not saying you want anybody from his his uh, group. And if you're desperate in a super flex, Bailey Zapp didn't look terrible. Yeah. I mean, a tight end, uh, Greg Dulcich is the rookie uh, getting close here. Alberto has been just exalted from the Denver offense. I mean, something really deep there at tight end. There's not really much out there at tight end, James. It's streamer city. I mean, pretty much the guys we've been talking about. I will say, you know, 10-point Tyler might be 20-point Tyler if he keeps up what he's been doing. Uh, And I'm talking about Higby and not Mm -hmm. Gocklin. But, I mean, I'm Gocklin still got you eight in PPR last week, dog. I'm not knocking him. I'm just more giving props to Higby right now. I mean, that was impressive. He's a stud. Yeah, he's a stud. He's the number two. Uh, He's not out there. But Will Disley continues to score. I mean, if you're going to ride Geno Smith, Will Disley, I don't know what's up with Noah Fant, but Will Disley's been there. He was there with Geno. didn't look bad either. Mo Alley-Cox, is this a guy you're even considering? (sighs) I don't think so because I don't think there's enough passing volume to start Pittman. If we're liking Alec Pierce, I mean, maybe if Taylor's out long term. But just like, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, Wasn't it Woods just a week ago that was the guy I know. in that same offense? So, no, I, know. I don't think so. Will Disley's a good one. I think he's a good one. You know, if you're looking at, I've got to just pick up a dude for this week, especially, I mean, Disley there against the Saints. Mo Alley Cox, the matchup against Denver is pretty good on paper for a tight end, just a FYI. Yeah, I'm just not trusting. You know what I mean? I'm, if I'm going to go deep dive for an offense – I want an offense that I think is going to have to throw the ball a lot, use that tight end. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the Colts are that offense. Streamer Although, defense this week is hands down for me the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Texans if they're out there. 
How are you streaming them? Not in leagues I'm in. I scooped them up, dog. No, I mean, most leagues only have 12 defenses on rosters if people are smart. <laughs> no, Jacksonville was a team I picked up uh, because they were so surprising in week three. I was looking to use them as a streamer starting about this week, and they were so yeah. good a week ago that I, I just said, heck, the Broncos on Thursday night versus the Colts, uh, probably second on my list. Yeah, I'm with that. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, at this point, I'm terrified of streamer defenses because I pick up the wrong one. I drop the Giants, and then they look good again. I surely won't try them against the Packers in London, though. Fair enough. All right, uh, we've talked about our waiver wire here. We've got into some injury updates. Uh, I think we did a little good vibe, bad vibe informally with some just some first-quarter feels there. But uh, let's let's take this first look over here, James, at... Week number five, and uh, you already mentioned the Thursday night kicker to the week should be a pretty good one. Not as good as last Thursday night, especially since we won't be there. But uh, Indianapolis at Denver, minus three. The the battle of the injured running backs and how they'll respond. The total, 43 and a half. I'm liking the under on that. I know they're trying to tease me into the under, but I generally lean under on Thursday night. I'm liking the under there. Uh, but how the Colts are still favored here versus Denver on the road is baffling. Wow, I'm looking at Denver as three and a half. Uh, you know what? I'm I've got it wrong. I've got it wrong. <laughs> I did that last week. I double the Dolphins Bengals game, so we're uh, even. We're even. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it was baffling, and that's because I typed it wrong. But <laughs> uh, that, no, I mean either way. It, um, I still the total I did get right. So my main take there is, and I'm like, with you. Yeah. As I as I said earlier, man, I'll tell you, this is this strikes me as the Thursday night game where I mean, if you have to start Russ Wilson, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, okay, sorry, have fun. Uh, I'm gonna have to start Melvin Gordon and it's gonna be horrible. Um, Pittman and Jonathan Taylor, but like, are you gonna be surprised if all of those players lay total eggs? Yeah, sort of banged up and hasn't been very good. So maybe that's not a bad matchup. They were good two weeks ago against the Chiefs, and I know yeah. they are banged up. Uh Leonard's gonna I be just out have no already. Confidence too. in the Denver play calling right now. Nothing. That's why I think this game is a dud. This is a snoozer. Yeah. Well, we'll still watch because it's on Thursday night. I'll have all my showdown slate set, some prop parlays. I'm sure I'll get some action in. I mean, you know, we're degenerates. I'm not going to be watching baseball. Sunday, bloody Sunday. Another London game. 9.30 a.m. kick. It's the Giants, the Packers, and uh, this one is definitely uh, interesting. Daniel Jones, we don't know the status of him with an ankle. I mean, there is some optimism. Maybe he's able to go, but if not, it's Tyrod Taylor who also left that game for a little bit. So Mm -hmm. something to monitor there. Uh, Overall, though, I mean, the Giants, it's Saquon Barkley time. This, this, they have nothing else even with the quarterback. I would get concerned without Jones that maybe the stack the Packers are able to do there. But I don't know, James. The Packers are a team that didn't impress me. I, I bet against them uh, last week. I, I've been picking against them all year. They've looked good at times. I mean, they still have something there. But I don't know. I think the Giants give them a pretty good game here. I'm not expecting a ton of points on either side of it. Patriots ran the ball pretty decent with their combo with QBs two and three on their roster in that game last week in Lambeau. I have no fear for Barkley without Jones. I prefer him with Jones, though. I'm kind of with you, though. There's not a whole lot of – I mean, this is kind of a stinker, too, and uh, I'm not sure what to expect except for I do expect the Packers to figure out a way to win this one. Yeah, so we'll definitely have to see how all that unfolds. And uh, elsewhere, uh, a slew of 1 o'clock. It's just like last week where we've got, I think, seven one o'clocks, just three in the late afternoon slate. And uh, 
Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Uh, the, you know, that's another one that Kenny Pickett his first actual start here. The Bills are a 14 point favorite. The totals at 47 and a half. The Dolphins are at the Jets minus three and a half for the Dolphins. Currently that, that over under is at 43 and a half. And the Dolphins team, James, as we know, will be without uh, Tua Tagovailoa. We hit on the concussion and stuff there, and uh, you already sort of hinted on the fact you like Teddy Bridgewater here. So mm-hmm. let's, let's tell us why you like him in, in this Dolphins uh, matchup here. He's got weapons. I'd like to see him use them all better. I'm not sure Gusecki could be used in this one, given what we've seen, but I'd still turn to Waddle. And he's got those two great weapons. And here's the deal. Teddy B lost his job because of a horrible knee injury. He proved to be a very, uh, very useful quarterback in Minnesota. When he has a good team around him, he's not so bad, and he has a good team around him. So I think the Dolphins can succeed with him, and I think they'll do just enough where I'm not telling you Teddy B becomes a, a top 12 QB or anything, but in Superflex or if you're stretching, if, you're, if, you get, if you got nothing else, I think he offers you a pretty nice floor. I mean, look, he honed in on Tyreek Hill, and I don't see that changing against the Jets. No. The Falcons. I mean, unless Sauce Gardner's on him, then he hones in on Jalen Waddle. True, true. The Falcons and the Bucks, the battle of two, two and two teams out of the NFC South taking place in Tampa. One o'clock kickoff in this one. An eight and a half point spread is what the Bucks are currently favorite. The total's at 48 here. And in some spots right now, like Bet MGM and DraftKings Sportsbook, it's nine. And James, Falcons plus nine. That's looks sounding pretty intriguing to me. Uh this team, Arthur Smith, I like the way they're playing. I think they're going to go in here and give Tampa Bay a better game than they were hoping, especially after the Bucs came off that butt kicking by the Chiefs. I could see a real rebound game for the Bucs. Godwin gets a week healthier. Evans is uh, back in the fold. The defense looked bad, but it's not Patrick Mahomes. It's Marcus Mariota. That's going to be a different animal with that defense. I think the Bucs get real healthy in this one. Tom Brady wins these kind of games convincingly. I think I'd lay that number, quite honestly. And I know Atlanta's looked really good. Yeah. Two and well, two. it opened up at 10.5, and, and it dropped quickly. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm still overrating Tom Brady. Maybe it's T-City time. But my whole point here is the Bucks are 2-2, two and two and they just haven't impressed me much. Not at all. And it's not, not – I mean, yeah, I get they're getting the weapons back, and Evans look great, but they, only, they didn't run it at all. And their offensive line is the problem. I don't think they can run it. They ran it nine times, I think, in that game. I will say, as much as I like Tyler Algier, this isn't the greatest matchup coming out of the gate for him. So nope. temper your expectations. The Seahawks and the Saints in New Orleans – Five and a half to the home team Saints, 46 the total there. Obviously, the Seahawks, uh, a team that I was very, very openly um, critical of in the preseason, and I admit I'm eating crow here at this point uh, on the way that they've looked. But the Saints are pretty good defense here, James. And in New Orleans especially, this is a much stiffer test for the Seahawks this time around. So, Eh, I don't know. I, I think that I think they're going to still do some things. They're better than I think, but this is this is a matchup where uh, it's going to be a little tougher than what we've seen the past couple weeks. So, on the other side of it, the Saints, Alvin Kamara is. Will this guy ever get back on the field? And even when he does, I mean, is he still really the same Alvin Kamara? Will he ever get to be that guy again? If he plays this week and he doesn't do anything but dominate, it's pretty much over because this is a matchup where he should do just that as dominate. Wait, it remains to be seen, but the window is closing. And, you know, for dynasty owners, my goodness, aren't we looking at a potential suspension next year, too? Yeah, I know. Not what you were hoping for there. 
The Texans and the Jags, seven-point spread here, 44-and-a-half in Jacksonville. Jacksonville's definitely looking good. James obviously been talking them up. We've also got the Commanders and the Titans in another just great battle here. And that's it's interesting, the <laughs> Titans and the Commanders. It's like it seems like it should be like a comic book battle or something. I don't know. but It's uh, going to be on TBS later tonight at 10 p.m. Yeah, it's the Clash of the Titans. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'm just going back to something in my head there. But uh, either way. Not the best of fantasy matchups, I don't think. 42 and a half is the total. I, if I had to go away right now, I'd pick the under. Uh, two and a half is the line in favor of the home team commanders. And James, these are two teams that just really aren't that good. And they're not the Titans. I mean, they've bounced back to get back in the thick of things here a little bit, but looking at that division, uh, they're too one dimensional offensively right now. Uh, and the Commanders, yeah, I mean, you, I know you were bumping that chest really hard on Carson Wentz after that week one matchup versus the Lions, but these last couple and weeks. And week two, and week two. These last couple of weeks, he's starting to look like the Carson Wentz I thought we were going to see. I benched him in every league I have him over the last two weeks because the matchups were clearly not good. It's time to turn Carson Wentz back on. You didn't draft Carson Wentz to be your starter. You drafted him to use him in the is, right time. Is this weeks a, one is this and two a week to right turn weeks? him on with the 42 and a half point over? Yeah, I think that total's wrong. I think, look, Derrick Henry's going to run. He's going to get his. But I think Carson Wentz is going to feed his boy McLaurin. And we know he's going to feed Samuel with Dotson out. And we don't have – I mean, if Brian Robinson plays, I might change my tune of hair. But, yeah, I do think that Carson Wentz can get back to his – look, I don't know how many picks he's going to throw, and it depends on what your scoring system is. But 250 and two touchdowns give you that Kirk Cousins line. I think Kirk, Kirk, or Kirk Cousins – I think Carson Wentz can easily <laughs> give you that this week. So, yeah, in leagues where, you know, you've got a tough matchup with a, a different signal caller, I think you can turn Wet back to Wentz. Okay, fair enough. Other 1 o'clock starts, uh, there are a few others to, to consider here. The Bears and the Vikings are in Minnesota, where the Vikings are seven-point favorites. The total is at 44. We have the Chargers traveling across the country for a 1 o'clock kickoff in Cleveland versus the Browns. The visiting Chargers, the three-point favorite in this one, 47 is the total there. And the 49ers also making the long trip to Carolina, coming off that Monday night game especially, now coming to the East Coast, but... They're laying six on the road and the total at 39 there. And James, we saw finally Christian McCaffrey look like that high first round pick last week, got involved in that passing game. That was very promising and leaves me optimistic moving forward. Sure. I mean, it is optimistic to see him getting involved in the passing game. I'm not sure. Uh, he hasn't yet to have our week below RB20, I don't think. Yeah, but but the 8 for 27 rushing is troubling, Dan. So, uh, look, it was a tough matchup against I guess against Arizona, I guess it was. I mean, he ran the ball really well against New Orleans, which surprised the heck he out of me. Got into the so, end zone too, which was really promising. It's either or and I don't care with Christian McCaffrey, just give me something. But San Francisco, that defense will travel. I'm not so sure. Look, you wouldn't sit McCaffrey. I'm not so sure I feel good about him this week though. Yeah. Three four o'clock games or late afternoon games at four o five. The Rams host the Cowboys. Four and a half point favorites is L A. Forty three and a half the total there. We have the Eagles at the Cardinals as well. And once again, the home team is the favorite uh, starting out the opening line, but that didn't last long because now it is the Eagles, the only undefeated team left in football. Five and a half point favorites here, uh, and a line is just continuing to soar. The total forty eight and a half, forty nine in some spots. And then uh, James, you, you look at. 
the other uh, game here that we didn't get to uh, that's left is, and I lost my place with it because they moved well, it you, around. You gave San Fran at Carolina. That's actually a four o'clock. So that's one of the three. Four yeah, there o'clocks. we go. That's where I got confused. I gave them as a four o'clock game. That's okay. But anyway, the point is uh, Arizona, what I was getting to against Philadelphia, that line going from two to five, the Eagles looking so good. I mean, the Jags hang, got, got to them early and looked you know, like they were going to hang. But in the monsoon and everything, they still overcame that, dude. This is a team that looks to be the team to beat in the NFC. Can the Cardinals even compete with them? Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, I... I think Philly wins this game. I think Arizona's a bit of a fraud at two and two. Um, I mean, I don't think I just don't think they're that good of a football team. Whether it's coaching, not sure it's that good. Quarterback play could probably be coached to be better because Kyler's very talented, but I don't think his quarterback play is very good right now. Um, I don't think Arizona's that good. I think this is a big show me game for the Eagles because the Eagles should win this game. Uh, it's a big game in the fact that it's in the conference, and when we're talking about conference seating, I know this would push them to 5-0, and and you're not worried about any tiebreakers. They will come eventually. Um, I think if the Cardinals keep pace, they do it the way they kept pace with, uh, with the Raiders and make a furious comeback to make it close, but I think the Eagles will look comfortable in this one. I think they're just a better football team all around. And I think that Cowboys-Rams game is going to be a little bit better than some people think. That Cowboys defense is for real, too. And by the way, we were talking streamer Ds. If they were out there, boy, go get them. <laughs> They're not out there anywhere, dude. Well, Cincinnati at Baltimore, the game of the week, at least as far as we're concerned. Uh, on Sunday night in Baltimore, and uh, the Ravens definitely you know, looked pretty good against Buffalo. Obviously, they came up on the short end of the stick. And the winner of this game, We'll take uh, possession of first place here in the division. Obviously, the Browns also two and two inside that AFC North. And James, as we look at the spread here, it's currently the Ravens three. The totals forty eight and a half. I mean, that's pretty much everywhere. And looking what Joe Burrow did last year here, I think the Bengals definitely going to bring it here. From a fantasy perspective, this is a game where I think you want to start players on all sides of it. Why didn't Josh Allen light them up the way? Well, the rain and the winds didn't hurt. Why didn't Tua light them up until the very end of that game? Like, I think I'm, I want to tell you that Joe Burrow is going to light them up like he did twice last year. The Ravens secondary just isn't that good. I don't expect him to throw for a thousand yards. Like, oh, no, I, I don't mean in one game. I mean in both, you know, he would split those thousand yards in between two games. Well, there. sure, but I don't think he's going for four or five hundred yards here. I know. I'm just saying, I, I'm being, I was being somewhat facetious, but, but yes, I, I get the weather. Um, but I just, why did it take Tua so long to to light them up? So I don't, I don't want to get ahead of my, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But from a fantasy perspective, you're starting people. I think points are on the. Everybody board. is good. Obviously, your Bengal studs are your Bengal studs. You're starting them regardless of matchup. And I would say that uh, Hayden Hurst is getting into that conversation as a back end starting tight end option here in, in twelve team leagues here, James. And in, in this matchup, mm-hmm. I'll roll him if I need him. Mm-hmm. Andrews is good. We know that every week. Lamar, obviously one of the best in fantasy at his position. J.K. Dobbins, the real big name here. We got to watch that Bateman foot injury. If he's out, Duvernay is becoming a guy that you have to start considering, at least in a flex play especially. But I'm thinking there's, I like the over here, dude. I'm not trying to say it's anything personal against any of these teams. I, I think both these offenses are going to put some points on the board. I would expect that too. I, I do think I like the over. And I would just say this with Dobbins. Tempered your expectations a tad. He scored twice. 
he was outrushed by Justice Hill. So let, let's just keep that in mind. Who is now still injured. And Correct, but he was more he's productive. Gonna the, he's going to be the goal carry. line. I'm not trying to tell you he's going to be what he was two years ago. Is he a top 25 running back on my week five board? Probably, yeah, on the fringe. Yeah, end of it. I think so too. I'm just saying because because I think his he I think he has RB one. I've upside, been telling so. people to wait and see. I saw what I saw. Now it's time to consider him. I feel you. So uh, Monday night, it's an AFC West battle, and the AFC West, for as great it was promised to be. Hasn't been it just yet. Maybe this is the epic matchup we've been waiting for. The Kansas City Chiefs laying seven to the visiting Las Vegas Raiders. 51's the total here, James. I think uh, interesting things for me in this game I want to watch. We're starting to see a little bit more Pacheco. We even saw glimpses of Sky Moore. How will these rookies continue to get involved as the season goes along? Will we see an uptick for both of them here? Perhaps. Either way, Mahomes is looking like an MVP candidate in my eyes. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I hope his tight end gets it just because of the wager I placed on him. Ha <laughs> ha. I did though. Um, I'm with you. And I think it's very interesting to see what that offense continues to look like. You know, does Juju Smith Schuster still have a place in that offense? Um, how, cause look, let's be honest. Clyde Edwards Hilaire was good too, right? I mean, it's not like he was bad, but Pacheco just looked violent when he ran the football, like he moves the pile. So I think that'll be interesting. And on the other side of the ball, uh, Josh Jacobs has been good against Kansas City in the past. Can he carry his team to victory like he did against the Broncos last week? I'm interested to see how that shakes out, and I'm interested to see, one, if Hunter Renfro goes. With this being a Monday nighter, I'm not so sure I can wait to find out. But I'd be like, I'd like to see what this offense looks like with him, with Jacobs full blast, with Adams now a slightly acclimated, and Mac Hollins as a part of the offense. He didn't do as much a week ago. But th- I'm interested to see that because the Raiders – they knocked off the Chiefs last year at least once, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, should be a good one. Uh, let's talk about our prop bets. And if you're new to the program, we'd invite you to go over to check out Thrive Fantasy, your chance to win $20,000 on Thrive Fantasy. That's right, Thrive's featured prop player contest for week four, or it's $100,000 guaranteed, I should say, and $20,000 to first place. There's currently... Uh, and has been these last few weeks, some great overlay up there. You can pick your 10 props that compete, sign up, use promo code Fantastics, receive a hundred percent instant deposit bonus match up to a hundred dollars. Visit thrivefantasy.com today. James and I've been making early week thrive picks and doing the best we can at this point. We've had a few that have gotten hurt. So, I mean, things happen, but James, uh, congratulations. You actually won a week this, this time. How is that possible? Well, I went, one and three, and the only one I picked was my ice pick, so that wasn't good. Uh, I lost on Tyler Lockett's under five and a half receptions. He had six. I lost on Jalen Hurts on the over three and a two hundred or three hundred and two and a half rushing plus passing yards, which I would not have made that bet had I known it was going to be a monsoon. Uh, but I, I made it. Uh, Carson Wentz under the twenty three and a half completions. He had twenty five. So I missed those. I did get my ice pick. Patrick Mahomes, over two and a half passing touchdowns and interceptions, obviously had three TDs and one pick. You lost on your Herbert, under 275 pick. He had 340. Hmm. You hit Deontay Johnson, under 62 and a half receiving yards. He had 11 receiving yards, James. That was a slam dunk. (laughs) And it didn't even happen because of an injury. Uh, I might be benching him, boy. DJ Moore, you squeaked by on this one, over five and a half receptions. He had six. But those two picks gave you 200 points. You didn't get your ice pick with Juju's 425 or 42 and a half receiving yards. You had 46. 
So you didn't go under there, but dude, you mixed up 200 points. I now am nine and six and 625 points. You are six and 10 now and sitting at 420, 420, James, 420 points. Well, I'm going to try to bake. I'm going to try to, to bring that number even higher. <laughs> yes, we are. Let's see what we've got. And for the first time since you won a week, you get to pick first for week five here off of the props already up over at thrivefantasy.com. Oh, I'm going to continue. By the way, those were like the only ones I got right. I was horrible on my pick. <laughs> it was a rough week. week uh, oh, I was horrible. And my props, I hit one. I like did overs on like 30 yard <laughs> props and nobody even. No, it was I, bad. But I anyway. actually, I, I, I lost. I had some losing props, but I actually hit three different prop parlays uh, from Thursday night's Bengal game and through the weekend. So it was pretty nice. A little prop parlay shop for me. Well, let's see if I can get going, because one guy I've got good vibes about right now is Derrick Henry, and they're going to give me a bad Washington defense uh, who didn't look so good a week ago. That was and no, now that, that was my top pick on my board, too, dude. Derrick Henry over the over the eighty two and a half total rushing yards. I know it's like against the Commanders. It seems it seems it needs to be updated. It seems like one of those early things that you should just jump all over. To be fair, the Cowboys really didn't run the ball that good against them. They I succeeded know, through throwing. But, but this is Derrick Henry, so I'm rolling with it. You know they're going to run it. I like that one. It's one of my favorites. One of my other favorites is Debo Samuel. Because, I mean, dude, a, a t- they've figured out that Garoppolo Stud. can throw it two yards and have a 50-yard pass all of a sudden. And I know they like to run it, and they like to run it anyway. But at 110 points, if I get it right, I'll take my chances on – Debo Samuel over 61 and a half receiving yards. And we mentioned in that Sam Fran game and, you know, uh, Debo is just so good, James. It seems too tempting to get those points. So I don't know. Carolina's defense is pretty good. I I will admit it, but uh, I like Debo at this number. I'm going to piggyback off of what I just said about Ezekiel Elliott and the uh, Dallas running game, not going anywhere last week. Now they get the Rams defense. That's, Supposed to be pretty tough. I think this is going to be a slug it out defensive fest game. So I'm going to take the under because I get 120 points. I think Zeke ran for 49 last week. This total is 52 and a half rushing yards. I'll go under to get 120 points. All right. So Zeke on the under. Okay. I can get behind that. I can get behind that. Uh, My next pick, I'm going to go Homer pick here. I'm going Joe Burrow, baby. He's led this team up Every, you know, mm-hmm. each of the last two times. It's 110 points for him to get over 24 and a half completions. I mean, dude, he might throw for 400 yards, 500 yards again. <laughs> it's going to take a lot of completions to get there. Joey B, welcome to the prop parlay. And you know that right now the run game just isn't working, so they're going to have to throw the football. I don't disagree with you. Um, I'm going to stick it in the air again, Dan. Let's go Cooper Cup. He was targeted 19 times last night on Monday night. I'm not sure if I got that number perfectly right, but I know he caught like 13 or 14 passes. I, I forgot how many I needed. It was less I mean, than how 13 high or they 14. They got to make the reception total for none of us want to take for any of us to want to take the under <laughs> eight and a half total catches. I imagine most people will be on this over at 115 points. I mean, eight and a half total receptions. It seems crazy to love the over, but yeah, I love that over. I'm going to go with an under here, and I'm going to go under Alvin Kamara, half a rushing touchdown. I mean, one, he's got to play, so I'm going to have to make a pretty good ice pick here. Uh, <laughs> but if even if he does, like, we haven't seen anything yet, right? In New Orleans, I get Seattle's not that good, and I would love nothing more with uh, a few places where I need Alvin Kamara to get going to see me lose this one for the record. But just in case I don't, 
I'm going to bet with my brain instead of my heart and go the under here for 115 points. So I'm going to get I'm going to get aggressive here because I this is one my ice pick and two I like this pick and a chance to try and pick 10 right and win the uh the GPP if you will. I'm going with my guy Trevor Lawrence. The total is two and a half passing touchdowns. I think the Jacksonville. When I saw that, I was like, James is going to play this one. (laughs) I'm playing it for sure. I could have not used it as my ice pick. It'll be my ice pick. It's over two and a half passing touchdowns. Give me 135 points. After Trevor turned the ball over five times against Philadelphia in that ugly weather, I surely expect him to get right at home against Houston. All right. On my ice pick, I'm going to go with the money man as well. I'm going to go Justin Jefferson against that mediocre Bears defense. 100. and five points for over six and a half receptions. As long as there's enough offensive plays to go around, I worry about that in that game. Good point, but it's my ice pick, so we'll take it. That's all the time we got for now. We'll keep you up to date on all the storylines. You want to tune in Saturday mornings. Fantastics Insider Football, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, and the SX app. SXM app, I should say. For uh, James Adams, I'm Dan Claskins. We'll catch you next time right here on the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast.